Linda. Hi, Omar. I'm so excited to revisit our episode on tenacity because I love the dandelion. You'll probably hear me talk about the dandelion, how I think it is the most underrated flower and metaphor for transformation because it just can go from that yellow sort of beautiful flower to this giant puffball to blowing seeds in the wind. And I continue to think that it's the best illustration of like, what does transformation really look like? What do we have to become? How do we remind ourselves that we can constantly evolve and take many shapes and forms? And so I'm excited for folks to get to re-listen or listen for the first time this episode. And hopefully you continue to join the Gratitude Blooming family. Check out in the show notes, lots of different ways to plug in. Yes, and this is our final podcast of 2022. And so we just wish you all a happy new year and happy holidays. And just receiving that medicine of tenacity from the dandelion, it is a beautiful medicinal plant that is here for healing. So if there is any moment where you need a little bit of tenacity as you close out this year, the dandelion has your back <laughs> or belly or belly or heart. Thank you all so much. We appreciate you and we look forward to seeing you in 2023. Woo, woo. Cheers. Cheers. So this week's theme of tenacity is represented by the dandelion. You know, we have this beautiful illustration from the artist Arlene Kim Suda. So for those that may not have the card in front of them, what are we looking at, Belinda? Well, first, in this particular card, you really see the word tenacity written in cursive with a with an exclamation mark. So that just feels... I think that's the only... Like, ooh, there's that energy. Yeah, like punctuation, I think. In any of the cards, any of the 39 cards, I think this is the only one that has punctuation. And an exclamation mark, too. And so you just, your eye kind of goes there. And then to the left of the word written in cursive, you see one dandelion uh, flower kind of emerging out in bloom. And then there's the the interesting leaf structure below it one two three four and then one dandelion that has not yet bloomed kind of on the right hand corner so there's, it's an interesting play on the cycles of the bloom of the dandelion you gotta appreciate the the perspective i think last week we talked about looking at the daisies and we were looking down on the daisies and this has a very similar so we're kind of looking down on the flower and getting kind of a, a bird's eye view of the dandelion and what did you learn about the dandelion itself well, it's great that we are going from the daisy to the dandelion and uh, because they're actually related. They're both from the aster family. And so just like how the daisy opens and closes uh, at night and opens back in the day, dandelion does a similar thing. And I remember one of the podcasts you were talking about noticing this in your yard, Omar, of just how it opens and closes. I spent an entire morning looking at a dandelion and like waiting for it and then i actually filmed it so that like i could actually capture and it really truly waits for the sun in order for it to really open up 
It's amazing. This plant is completely edible and it's been known as medicine for many, many years. So the dandelion, it's actually thought to have evolved for about 30 million years ago in Eurasia. And in ancient Egypt, Greek, uh, Roman, Chinese traditions, over thousands of years, they actually used every single part of the dandelion uh, as medicine. Um, and even the folks on the Mayflower uh, brought the dandelion for their medicinal benefits. So it's just interesting how we tend to look at this flower as a weed, you know, that grows in our yard and we don't want those weeds, but people actually brought, immigrated these dandelions for their medicine. Isn't that incredible? I continue to be surprised each week to just find how much <laughs> plant medicine that exists and that is not part of, I'll just say, I feel like our everyday mainstream knowledge and culture. Like you hear the term plant medicine and you're like, oh yeah, that's cool. But to really kind of understand the medicinal benefits is, is really interesting. And I think this is where where medicine isn't just something that we take, but it's also a metaphor. And, and I think you came across some interesting research around the metaphor of the dandelion as well. Yeah, I don't know if Arlene, it was a synchronistic connection that she made to have these two different dandelions in the illustration from different cycles of life. But basically, what I read is that the dandelion has this interesting uh, metaphor. It it's, uh, represents three celestial bodies uh, during different phases of the life cycle. So the sun, the moon, and the stars. So the yellow flower of the plant resembles the sun. The dispersing seed of the plant resembles the stars. And that puffball that you see of the dandelion plant represents the moon. So it's just beautiful how it represents these different cycles of yeah, the and the transformation, right? And I think this is partly why we really appreciate the practice of looking at nature is one, nature reminds us that we're connected to something bigger than ourselves. But two, when we can pay attention to nature, you know, we're really paying attention to change, right? Like nature is never static, right? And even when it's dormant, there's things going on that we can't always necessarily see. But the dandelion, I think, Honestly, it became one of my favorite flowers actually through the gratitude blooming practice because I uh, honestly, you know, I always paid attention in the sense that they were, oh, look, there's another weed in my garden. But then it reminded me of just the delight of being a kid, right? And the blowing of the dandelion seeds. And really, I, at least for when I was a kid, you blew on them and you made a wish, right? And so it was this, this idea of the dandelion and making a wish. But then, a lot of people use butterflies as a metaphor for transformation, you know, going from a caterpillar, uh, you know, to a butterfly. Tons of people talk about that. I think what the dandelion does is kind of more spectacular in some ways, right? And this is, you know, hey, I'm not going to judge the butterfly here. But just the fact that it can go from this yellow flower. So what it does is it kind of like folds into itself and then as it folds into itself and then it grows out into that puffball, right? Like that process and that metamorphosis, I think is so amazing. And then the fact that you can like blow on it and then it like disperses, like and becomes like a million different dandelions, like one caterpillar or from one butterfly, you get one caterpillar, 
right? From one dandelion, you get all these different seeds that really then blossom. And just to, you know, connect the dots here with what you're saying, Omar, um, that transformation process, it, it only, it takes yeah. a week of time. So this is a good reminder that, you know, change and transformation can take a long time or it could be fairly quick and it just is based on whatever cycle we're in and whatever transformation we're needing right now. And, and the dandelion actually is one of the early spring uh, pollination plants. So the butterflies and the bees actually love this flower because it comes in so early and those puffballs, they fly and they travel such far distances that they create these beautiful flowers that then all of these pollinators can enjoy. I mean, that's incredible. I wonder how far those seeds could go. Up to five miles. That is so far. Yeah, it just sort of shows that when we kind of shed ourselves and we kind of let ourselves free, like how far we can kind of go. I, I, I feel like that's just such a amazing metaphor for transformation. And then like that sort of process of renewal, letting go, and then just seeing how far you can go. It's beautiful. Yeah. I wonder for those of you who are listening right now, what is your relationship with the dandelion? It's such a pervasive plant across so many continents. I can just imagine our listeners from all these different continents just being able to connect with this one plant because it is so pervasive. So just taking a moment to think about that for yourself. Pervasive is probably the right word to use because it's married in this card with tenacity. And tenacity comes directly from Latin tenacitas, which is an act of holding fast. And so that sort of steadfastness to hold on you know, is amount of perseverance. But I love that it's, you're holding on, but being able to change at the same time, right? So you're not holding on to what was. In many ways, maybe what you are holding on to what is, and what is, is constantly changing. And so how to be sort of tenacious to being able to kind of hold that thread of change uh, constant in your life uh, is is really powerful. I'm so curious what the artist Arlene Kim Suda was imagining when she was connecting with this flower in her 100-day project. Here is the story of the Tenacity card featuring the dandelion. The dandelion is another drawing I made while visiting Belinda's retreat center called Hestia in Mount Shasta. While staying there for a long weekend, I found myself exploring the property to see what plants would catch my attention that I could include in my drawing project. I specifically recall finding this dandelion. I even remember the exact very non-descriptive place in a patch of dirt next to the driveway. It seemed to scream out, Hey there! Don't you see me? I'm here! This plant wanted to be noticed. It had such presence and strength, despite the fact that most of us with lawns and yards see it as a weed. It truly seemed to say, I don't care what you think, I'm here and I'm going to do what I do best. I'm going to grow and bloom and release my seeds into the wind to create more life. It was beaming in its tenacity, like it knew what it needed to do and it just kept keeping on doing its thing. A few years after I made the drawing, I had a memorable experience with it. I did a family project where I tried to capture stories from my parents. I kept the gratitude blooming cards on hand to facilitate the conversation in case it would help spark a memory or a thought. 
When I asked my mom what she remembers about her mom, who I never was able to meet, I asked her to choose the drawings that remind her of her mom. One of the cards she picked was the tenacity card, and she said with so much pride, my mom was so strong, whenever anyone had a problem, they would come to her. She always knew what to do. She always knew how to help. It's a reminder that my grandmother is with me in these drawings, and in so many other ways, even though I never had the chance to meet her. This tenacity card and the dandelion will always remind me of her, my family, and my connection to others who make me who I am without me even knowing it. The ones who provide the roots of my own tenacity that help me become who I need to become. What a great question. What are the roots of your tenacity? You know, just thinking generation over generation. And just also as Arlene was talking, I kept thinking, in particular, she's thinking about the people who persevered before her. And you know, was it her grandmother who just was the strong person and persevered? And in today's language, we would call that like a growth mindset instead of a fixed mindset where there's like, oh, I can't move forward. This is not possible to a growth mindset, which is it's not possible yet. And adding that yet sort of allows room for let me figure it out and let me sort of continue to sort of appreciate that I may not know the answer today. But if I persevere and I kind of stay with this practice, then I can sort of move forward. Also makes me think of the word resilience and how sometimes when I think of that word, I feel like it's like, oh, gosh, I have to push forward and I have to hustle and I have to make things happen. And in the way that Arlene is making this intergenerational connection with the dandelion and just start the imagery that we started with, right, of these puffballs traveling five miles to then just be all over the world now. It's like we're never just hustling on our own, right? Like there's always support behind our backs, whether it's the wind or the medicine of all the previous generations that are supporting us. It's just such a beautiful way to look at tenacity. You know, if you define resiliency as the ability to adapt to change and particularly unexpected change, for me at least, what I like to do is then think about what's the opposite of resiliency. And in many ways, the opposite of resiliency is efficiency, right? How fast can I go from A to B? And resiliency is like, hey, a lot can happen between A and B. So let me just be open um, to possibility and open to change and open to adapting to change. Whereas efficiency is like, if your primary motivation is speed, then anything that disrupts speed is like inefficient and is bad and you want to remove it. And, you know, and this is something I know I struggle with, right? Like my sort of deep impatience, love speed. It loves being able to like cut to the chase, cut to the heart of something. And so I'm always having to remind myself of like, okay, this isn't what I expected. <laughs> this did not go according to plan. How do I actually not stay rigid 
um, to what I was trying to do, but sort of a little bit more flexible uh, to incorporate it. And, and I think as a practice of gratitude, you know, I teach a gratitude class on Simon Sinek's platform twice a month. And, you know, I'm trying to distill and distill and distill even further what the practice means. And I think, you know, one thing that we shy away from in our cards is being too prescriptive, right? We don't tell people, hey, wake up each morning, pull a card and write three things down that you're grateful for. And like, look, if that's your practice, more power to you. We're very excited. Um, but I feel like really the practice of gratitude comes when we have that negative thought. So, you know, yesterday I was trading uh, crypto, the market tank, and I traded at the wrong moment and I just, ugh, it hurt. And I could feel myself getting caught up into that feeling of like, ah, I, sh I regret, like I shouldn't have made that trade. That was, what was I thinking? I shouldn't have done that. And I was like, oh, okay, there's my mind being hyper self-critical, very negative in its thinking. What's done is done. I can't undo the trade that I made. And so, I, and I was driving to go see a friend and I just paused as I'm driving and just was like, okay, I practice gratitude to what am I grateful for? And at the moment, I was just like, you know what? I'm just grateful that I can breathe and just take a moment. And I was like, this is what the practice of gratitude is for me. It's when we can have a negative thought and we know it's a negative thought. And we're like, okay, let me pause. Let me just sort of feel what I can be grateful for in this moment. And so that to me is like how we communicate this practice of gratitude is, is really in the difficult moments. Right. And we are in one of those moments right now, right? At large. And so it's like, okay, it's to acknowledge that it's a difficult moment, but also acknowledge what can I be grateful for at the same time. And that's to me the kind of practice of gratitude that I want to be able to sort of bring further into the world. I'm really appreciating this example, Omar, of you holding space for yourself. I feel like a lot of times we talk about, okay, how do we hold space for others or how do how have we seen this in a group setting? And this is a moment in your life, really real, that you had to take a pause and hold that space for your own emotions. And it's not easy to catch yourself in that moment, right? And not spiral into the negativity and the self-doubt and whatever else comes up from that. And that's, you know, and that's why I was like, oh, okay, this is actually when gratitude counts, right? Like when you're feeling good and you can write down your three things or whatever your thing is. Right. But it's really to me, gratitude is when when we have those challenges. And then when I met my friend for lunch, you know, it really I was really glad I kind of had given myself a little bit of space and perspective because he shared with me that he just finished 12 rounds of chemo. And around the third round of chemo, he had caught covid. And so Ooh. he was just recovering from cancer, recovering from covid. I was like one of the first people he's sort of gone out to lunch with and he kind of kept this all quiet to himself. And so then all of a sudden, because I was now a little bit more grounded, I could be more present um, with him. And then he gave me a gift. As you know, I'm writing this fable about a beaver and he had been to this recent art show and they had a whole focus on beavers. And included in the gift was this beaver stick, like literally a stick that a beaver had like gnawed down um, and created a dam with. And, and they had 
some of these to just sort of help show how powerful beavers are uh, in the world. It was a beautiful moment to go from this like negative spiraling thoughts to just like an abundance of gratitude for health and for wellness and for friendship and just storytelling and writing and being creative. And how organic was that moment? You know, you weren't forcing yourself to be grateful because I know a lot of people ask us, well, when you feel really bad in the moment, like that's gratitude is not the first thing that you want to try to shift into. But this is such a organic and real way of of that process of holding space and and being in touch with your feelings. So I saw on Instagram this post, I can't control my thoughts, but I can control whether or not I believe them. And I love that mm. because it sort of recognized the two things. There's the thoughts that you cannot control because they just come. They're like emotions, like they just they blow in through the wind. But then there's the mind that can then choose which ones to follow. Right. So we can't control every thought, every feeling that comes through us, but we can sort of choose which ones we want to kind of connect to. And this was in for that moment, I was like, oh, this is really good because I'm really having a difficult moment. And how do I pause, acknowledge that I have this thought that I cannot control right now because I'm getting obsessed with it? And how do I then redirect my attention in a way that's still authentic, acknowledging that this was difficult and acknowledging that I can choose to focus on something very different. And it's also really an interesting example of how when we take the time to really show up for ourselves, we can show up differently for other people. So I can only imagine how your friend experienced you in that moment and that connection because you did that for yourself. And that's the most powerful thing about it. You know, we're all we all influence each other whether or not we know it, right? Well, yeah, and this is, you know, we often are reacting to other people's reactions. And so if we're all in a constant state of reaction, then there's just like this crazy churn. And so being able to then choose what we really want to respond to gives us a little bit of spaciousness. So then all of a sudden we don't have to respond in these sort of difficult ways or challenging ways. We can just be actually a little bit more present and grounded. And so one of the beautiful things about the gratitude booming practice is not only do you have these beautiful cards and the themes, but you also have prompts. And so what is this week's prompt to help sort of inspire a little bit of tenacity? Mm. So this is card number six, the dandelion representing tenacity. Can you appreciate the time and effort required to nurture the things you truly love? What comes up for you with this prompt, Belinda? Well, I can't help but think about this journey of gratitude booming. I mean, for many people that run their own startups, you know, three years is a long time. You know, usually you either go keep going or you you die at that three year time frame. And I mean, this journey of discovering gratitude blooming, you know, began in 2014. And, you know, that's a what seven years ago. And it took a very different form in that timing. You know, I had the intent was, how can we do the inner work to be able to do the outer work and, and have it be a group experience? I mean, that was kind of the the inquiry that I held. And initially, the first couple of years, it was really thinking about it in the form of a technology. And over the course of creating the technology, I realized, wow, I don't really enjoy 
building technologies. <laughs> I really like the tangible, the beautiful, the things I can hold and see with my eyes and feel. I like to tell people my my technology is gratitude. <laughs> As someone who's helped co-found an app as well, you know, a gratitude app at that, uh, similar to you. Um, it's interesting that we both started on the technology side and then we're like, yeah, in some ways the technology is interfering with the experience. Yeah, and I think without the nurturing of part of the creating, right? Like, it, I don't think I, we would be here. I wouldn't be here with you. I don't know if the cards would have happened. I mean, maybe they would have, but they probably would have been on my, a project that, you know, on my desk collecting dust. So I, I really love the word nurture in this prompt because it does shift the energy of tenacity. It balances it a bit, doesn't it? Yeah, because you nurture things that you love is like, you got to pay attention, right? And, and that's where tenacity is like to hold on and sort of hold on to the thread. So the thread wasn't necessarily the technology, the thread was gratitude. And so, and what are the different forms that gratitude can take? You know, and that was in some ways, you know, when I was sort of stewing um, for those few moments about a bad trade, it was this reminder like, Omar, you're not a day trader. Why are you trying <laughs> to like, you know, outsmart the market, right? Like not smart, right? Like, and I know that, but I was sort of reacting in many ways. I was reacting to the war and the fear and the market having all this sort of turmoil. Mm. And I was like, ah, what do I do? And so, you know, it, it helped me reset. And I was like, Omar, your core competency is in day trading, right? You may love Web3, <laughs> you may love all this stuff, but that's not what you've spent your life really dedicated to. And so I took a step back and I was like, well, what, what have I really dedicated my life to? And I was like, well, of course, it's it's connected to gratitude. And then I was like, well, what about gratitude? And for me, and you know, this is what I, I started to write. I was like, it's really about building this ecosystem of gratitude. And that I think this was sort of the challenge is that it was sort of the singular, you had a singular idea of like, oh, this technology and this gratitude. I had an idea of this technology and this app and gratitude. And, and I think it's really about building the ecosystem of gratitude that there's these mini tools and there's these mini practices and so how do we actually support an ecosystem of gratitude that's what really is is exciting to me and you know and i think one of the the newer things that we have created in our discord server and this is a shout out to our discord server so if you haven't checked it out we've just launched a new gratitude bot and what the gratitude bot does is you can ask a question and then you put exclamation mark just like after the end of the tenacity, exclamation mark bloom. And it'll randomly select one of the 39 gratitude blooming cards. And it's just been a lot of fun because A, it's just, we've both invested heavily in other kinds of technology and this is light technology. This is very simple, right? And folks have heard me maybe before use the analogy of like technologies like fire, right? Early humans were like, oh, fire and super excited and then like burned down a whole forest. And it took a little bit of time to realize like, oh no, I just need a little bit of fire to cook a meal, right? And I feel like we're now sort of right-sizing like, oh, this is just the right amount of technology to help remind myself of what is the practice of gratitude that I want in my life and how do I open myself up to uh, what is present uh, in me in ways that I may not be expecting. And it's delightful because I remember just even this week we had our you know weekly work time with Arlene on gratitude blooming, what's wanting to bloom you know this spring coming up and 
And, uh, you know, you were so proud about sharing this Discord channel. We're like, oh, let's just ask the cards. What? How do we need to show up for this right now? And I just loved that we got the card patience because in the tenacity prompt, it literally asks us to really think about our relationship with time, right? Like in the prompt, nurturing the things, taking time to do that. <laughs> and And time is just, again, that sort of, do we look at time through the lens of resiliency or do we look at time through the lens of efficiency? And, you know, and if we're able to kind of look at it, time itself in a way of like, okay, am I treating time as like time is money and like I need to like maximize its profitability or is time really about what am I investing in? What am I nurturing? What is it that I truly love? And I am I investing in what I truly love? And then all of a sudden, time is this sort of like, oh, it's a joyful thing, not this scarce thing. Yeah, not resisting the change because you're so you're not just like, I didn't even get to point A to point B, but like enjoying that process and how it wants to evolve. I love it. Savor, savor, savor. So this week, you know, we also get to experience a new practice mm -hmm. and I'm excited to hear how you're thinking about practicing tenacity this upcoming week. So you will love this Omar because it's actually inspired by your relationship with the dandelion flower in your yard. So this week I invite you to practice nurturing one thing from nature in your life. So it could be a plant that is living in your house. It can be a tree outside your doorstep. It can be something that you consciously explore to find around you. So just two days ago, I was in a parking lot, parked my car, and I saw this bright two yellow things in the grass. And I just, I realized it's early bloom of the dandelion. <laughs> so it was just this beautiful discovery. And I was able to just take some time to really examine the dandelion as it was blooming early uh, this springtime. And so I invite you for this week to nurture one thing from Mother Earth and really take the time to notice it different times of the day Take some time to even touch it and have this nurturing relationship with this part of the earth and just see how it makes you feel and, and what you start to notice about nature's tenacity, nature's constant evolution and transformation. So just nurture that one thing from, from the earth today. I love how you're defining nurture as everything from just appreciating to smelling, not just watering or weeding or, or something else. Well, thank you so much for joining us this week in our Grad to Blooming podcast. Again, please help us grow the community, the likes on and the reviews on Apple Podcasts in particular, um, really help us. So thank you for continuing to, uh, to bloom and to share the seed of gratitude with others. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.